This is Trends and Issues in Instructional Design, Educational Technology, and Learning Science, hosted by Abby Brown and Tim Green. Hi, this is Tim, and I'm here with Abby. Hi, this is Abby, and I'm here with Tim. Welcome to episode 219 of our podcast, where we review the trends and issues in instructional design educational technology and learning sciences that we observed as we flip resources into our Flipboard magazine over the past two weeks. In this episode, we have four trends that we'll discuss along with a recommended reading that we suggest for each of the four trends. We end the episode by peering into the crystal ball and making predictions about the trends we believe we'll observe in the upcoming two weeks. Abby, start us off by talking about our four trends and sharing our recommended readings. Thank you, Tim. Yes. Okay. So we've looked at, as we always do, we looked at all the uh, the articles that we flipped into our Flipboard magazine over the past two weeks. And we came up with two very interesting trends that um, I'm not sure we've ever separated things out this or, or coded them this way for those who are familiar with coding. Right. I think these are two brand new ones, how we coded they might them. Be. Yeah. So in the past two weeks, the number one thing that we saw, the most often, the, the, the thing that kind of, the, the common element uh, among the, the stories was K-12 ed tech stories and reports. This is everything to do with teaching and ed tech in the K-12 sphere specifically. So for example, we saw a report from a Danish city that originally had built Google into its schools and then banned it after a U- what they referred to as a YouTube snafu by one of their eight-year-old students. So it, apparently it caused some controversy and it caused some uh, radical discussion as to what was safe and not safe to use digitally and networked. Um, we also saw eSports, a report about eSports being used to help K-12 students improve their grades and build leadership skills. We saw a focus on K-12, the EdTech company Paper, which was, this was a review of Paper, which offers tutoring and educational support tools. We also saw uh, an article about telepresence robots in K-12 settings. For students who are unable to come to school for various reasons, the ability to use a telepresent robot gives them a greater sense of being socially part of the group. I think I need Um, one at home. This is a really cool look. <laughs> right? Actually. I think I need one wandering around while I'm right. here. Right. I mean, I kind of, I really <laughs> like this too. And it just looked fascinating to experiment yeah. with. We also saw an article about what teachers want, teachers, K-12 teachers want in learning management systems. Uh, we saw a, a number of articles about district and classroom technology adoption, which leads us to our recommended read. Along those lines, our recommendation is Adopting new classroom technologies is hard. A new federal guide aims to help by Lorraine Langrio for Education Week. And again, as always, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing anyone's name. Basically, this article uh, is a report uh, on the U.S. Department of Education's recently released publication called Advancing Digital Equity for All. This was released at the end of September, and part of this report is uh, a set of guidelines on technology adoption in K-12 settings. Um, so this is it's fascinating, but but this is uh, was sort of a hot topic, and it it 
I think it helped sort of coalesce a lot of other K-12 oriented stories into a trending topic of the past two weeks. The second trending topic is higher education ed tech stories and reports. There were so many of these that we had to separate these into two separate topics, uh, trends, and we saw a huge number of articles that were specifically about higher ed, ed tech, or higher ed teaching. We kind of put them all together that way if they were specifically to higher ed. We saw an article called Digital Transformation in Higher Education, Areas for Enhancing Digital Learning. We saw a report indicating that college students are spending less on course materials and more on technology. Interestingly, we saw a completely different report indicating that students are stressed out by technology issues. Very, very interesting, right? Well, I mean, it makes a certain <laughs> yeah, it sense if you it have does. more technology, yeah, you're going to have be greater stressed. stress yeah. from the issues, right? We saw faculty teaching the way they were taught. This was in um, Inside Higher Ed, a very well-known publication that um, it's an opinion piece, but it's one that that is sort of near and dear to your, you and my you and me, Tim, right? Yeah, I mean, we were right. both K-12 teachers for years who then became faculty professors over yes. time. And one of the things we've always noticed is that we had an advantage in terms of um, being taught how to teach uh, and having a lot of professional development in teaching as K-12 teachers. And that's exactly what this article talks about is how there's a lot of challenges to teaching for university professors because they are sort of thrown right in to teaching without having a lot of preparation in the area. We also saw an article about online resources for professors. Our recommended read, we are excited to say, is what researchers learned about high online higher education during the pandemic by John Marcus for the Heckinger Report. This story also appeared in the New York Times. And the reason I say that we were excited about this is because we had been talking about, like the crystal ball predictions had sort of mentioned uh, for quite a while that we would be seeing more about what we learned. This is a, um, well, this is a really good read. I think you Oh, it is, agree. yeah, 100%. This is, this is the, um, and to, to kind of pull some information from it to share with, with, with everyone, the pandemic created an opportunity for a randomized trial on a planetary scale. So this is reporting on um, uh, the ability to kind of look at online teaching and learning from the point of view of a huge number of people engaging in the activity, as opposed to much more sort of siloed groups, um, and therefore you know, creating, kind of making it impossible to create a sort of an experimental design that had any kind of, um, a validity beyond its small group. To quote from the report, now the results of this experiment are starting to come in. They suggest that online higher education may work better than pre-pandemic research showed, and that it is, it is evolving decisively toward a combination of in-person and online or blended classes. This is very interesting stuff. So uh, I guess if we were going to recommend one recommended reading from our four recommended readings, this might be the number one, but that they're all good. But this is uh, this is one that I think all of us interested in this area should should be at least take a look at. Number three, instructional design and teaching. Interestingly, we had number one was K-12. Number two was higher ed. But we still had 
a trending topic that was sort of generalizable to all teaching everywhere. For example, we had an article that uh, describes a variety of digital learning theories and models. We saw a review of an artificial intelligence AI app called TeachFX, which analyzes teaching performance. I, I totally want to try this. Right. This is, but at it's the same see, time, I'm totally terrified. Exactly. I was going to say, but do you want to try it? And right. I do. Yeah, I mean, no, I do. Yeah, and do I? I? Do, right. Like, I want to try exactly. it like, private, in the privacy of my own home, maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, we also saw a number of uh, neuroscience-related reports, including one on long-term memory development. That was very interesting. Very interesting yeah. We saw um, teaching with podcasts and screencasts, multiple articles about using these uh, types of tools in uh, a variety of settings. We saw articles about digital badges and digital badging. We saw an article about reimagining the future of learning, which references the metaverse specifically. But it's a good article from the World Bank, which is a, 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 re, a source that we have a high regard for. Um, we saw articles generally on project-based learning, blended learning, and strategies for teaching online. Our recommended read in this area is foundational. It's one that uh, it's about universal design for learning. If you are already expert in this, this might be a little too foundational. But if you need a good refresher or if it's a new term for you, then this is this is a great article, a great introduction. What is universal design for learning by Eric Ofgang for tech and learning? Number four, hardware. Interestingly, it wasn't hardware and software, it was just hardware. We saw um, Lenovo's new Think Reality VRX and ByteDance's Pico VR headsets uh, introduced in separate articles. We saw the new Kindle Scribe, and the reason it's called a Scribe is because you can write on it. You can use a, um, a stylus and write notes, which is, that's pretty cool. Conceptually, anyway, I haven't actually tried it. Um, Amazon discontinues its product called Amazon Glow, which was uh, originally something that they had sort of tried to popularize during the pandemic as a means for keeping young people engaged with um, folks at a distance, like grandparents, aunts, uncles, teachers, things like that. But they found that um, it really didn't, it hasn't really caught on enough. So they've, they're, they're discontinuing the product. We saw the introduction of a new standard for smart devices, a universal standard called Matter, M-A-T-T-E-R, which ostensibly is going to allow all of us to be able to sort of choose the device we want to use within the ecosystem that we want to use it. So we don't have to choose things based on their um, compatibility with the ecosystem. All items will be compatible within all ecosystems. I'm very interested in seeing how that plays out. And when I say ecosystem, I'm talking about smart home devices right. or smart home hubs. Right? That'll be very but cool to see what happens with that. It is a fascinating thought. Um, Google Pixel 7 and 7 Pro reviewed. They were recently released. Our recommended read in this area is, this device claims to solve everyone's biggest remote work problem by Charles McClellan for ZDNet. The device reviewed is the Logitech Sight. It's a tabletop camera that works with a video bar, which catching equally the perspectives of online and in-room participants for meetings, which 
I mean, if it was just the review of a single item like this, it, it might be something we wouldn't necessarily recommend as the reading. But the concept and the problem that the, that, that the hardware is trying to solve is one that is particularly interesting, I think, to those of us who work in ed tech, because it's the idea of sort of giving everybody equal participation opportunities in a, in a blended meeting. And that, Tim, is those are our four trends and our four recommended readings. Excellent. Thanks, Abby. Now we turn our attention to peering into the crystal ball. And as we normally do, we talk before we come on air. Right. Um, you know, some of them are, are givens like we, we think we're always going to see hardware, software. Hardware, software. We're going to see more things as the holidays come up. We've been talking about this for right. a while. But we have a, a few new things. And one, um, interestingly enough, tech adoption. We've seen Well, that. tech adoption. Yeah. Yes. We... I. I mean, based on, I think it's based on the federal report, right. the U.S. federal report. But I think that this is becoming much more of a, I wouldn't, I don't know, do we call it a hot topic or a focus? Like it's more I think of it's a focus. focus. Yeah, it's a yeah, focus. Yeah, it's more of a focus. Yeah. And we've been, I think we in the ed tech community have been discussing this for a long time. But I think now it's gaining ground in the larger community yeah. of educators and, and administrators. And we're happy to see that. I mean, I think it's Very a conversa happy. conversation that's... Uh, uh, very much needed. So that well, yes. um, metaverse, I, metaverse. Right. We don't. We've seen. We saw a couple of articles right. about the metaverse, and we certainly saw a couple of articles about VR hardware. So virtual reality, mixed reality, the metaverse. We strongly suspect that that's going to come up again as a as a trending topic. Um, also, AI applied right. to instruction, artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot more discussion of applied. AI, just in general, uh, in the past couple of weeks, couple of months, we suspect we're going to see more about its uses in instructional uh, activity. Yeah, I, th I think that's I think it. that's it, right? Well, we'll see how we'll, we'll see in our next episode how clear the crystal ball was. Right, we, we have to keep score, <laughs> see how we do. Well, well, that brings us to the conclusion of episode two hundred nineteen of our podcast. We'd like to uh, give a shout out and thanks to our Flipboard viewers and our followers and, of course, our podcast subscribers. It's always nice when we get to meet one of our listeners in, in person, and I was able to do so this past week and just wanted to give a shout out to Sherry Dees, who listens to our podcast. So thanks for listening, Sherry. Thank you for listening, Sherry. So Thank you for listening, everyone. Yeah, listening. exactly. Thank you for listening. <laughs> but shout out to Sherry, who... I, I was able to, to meet. So you can listen to past episodes of the podcast and find the links to the recommended readings by visiting our website at trendsandissues.com. Our next episode will air on October 19th. This podcast is produced by Professor Abby Brown at East Carolina University and Professor Tim Green at California State University, Fullerton. Copyright Abby Brown and Tim Green.